Welcome to the Indispensable Small Business Partners of Federal podcast series hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. As more work occurs between on-premise environments and the cloud and the number of connected devices, federal agencies must continue to evolve strategies for governance, risk, and compliance with today's complex operating environment. And small businesses like Arlo Solutions are helping to tackle this landscape of compliance and security head on. In this part of the series titled Security with Arlo Solutions, we are speaking with Emily Bean, who is the managing partner for small and diverse partner team at Verizon, and Lanye Ford, who's the CEO of Arlo Solutions. And Lanye and Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you both. And let's actually start at the top when it comes to the Arlo side of things. So Lanye, don't mind. Tell us how Arlo came about and you know how your business is really filling a need for government. Absolutely, Matt. So Arlo was founded in 2014 by my partner, Arlene Bouvet, and I. And if you haven't guessed, she's the R and I'm the low. Her background was in operations and systems development. Mine was in really IT and cybersecurity. And I started my background in the Air Force a very, very long time ago, right out of high school. Um, so I would say I've been in cyber since before it was sexy. Then I went and I supported the federal government and done some government contracting. So Arlene and I got together. The synergy was great. And we thought, how can we help and innovate the government? And so what we do now is we focus on cybersecurity, program management, and intelligence support. And we're supporting across DOD, the Air Force, USDA, as well as the Marine Corps. Excellent. Thanks for that rundown there, Lande. Let's talk about overall trends. So what are some of the current security trends in the federal space right now? And we'll start with Emily on this. Sure. So the same threats and trends that we saw pre-COVID, you know, I think everyone would agree they are back still there. I think coming out of COVID, what we're seeing are some new trends that have emerged as well. And it's no surprise to anyone that obviously a lot of more government workers are working from home now. And, you know, there may not be a case where 100% of work is going to be done in an office anymore. And what that has led to is, you know, there are more workers out there that are susceptible to attacks that used to be primarily focused on the agency's core network. So there is an additional need to look at security beyond just protecting, you know, the on-premise network of an agency. Another trend that we're noticing is that as more agencies are adopting smart technologies, especially around building automation, you know, they're utilizing IoT, they're utilizing smart sensors, which all have great benefits, cost saving, better for the environment, or just a couple of them. But as they embrace those, they're also opening themselves up to, again, more attacks. And so what we have seen this lead to is there has been an additional need for more operational technology security solutions as well. All right. Excellent, Emily. Appreciate that rundown there. And Lanya, anything to add on your side for this one? Emily hit some great points. Something I would add is we're seeing a shift. You know, previously we were really focused on securing a system. Now there's a huge shift in securing data understanding where our data rests, where our data resides. And so you're looking, you're starting to see a lot of things about, you know, zero trust. So the government is getting closer to the data versus looking at that further kind of defense in depth. I would also say we're seeing a trend in the government focusing on developing their own apps, you know, internally. So that's a huge shift for into DevSecOps. So there's a trend to 
really break down silos because that's what a lot of DevSecOp is about. You know, in the past, security teams work separately, development teams work separately, then the operations teams work separately. Now you're starting to see that a lot of collaborations as we start working together to develop our own apps. And so you're going to see really a shift in workforce as well. That's great. Thanks, Lanier. And we're going to switch over to Emily. Emily, don't mind. Tell us about how Verizon works with small business partners to deliver services to federal agents. Sure. Well, one of the things that we say here at Verizon is working with small business is working with big business, right? Because as you can tell from recent trends in the federal government, you know, as a result of the Biden-Harris administration, their commitment to contracting with small businesses, what we have seen just in the past year is a huge increase year over year in the federal funding that's going to small businesses. Last year alone, you know, small business contracting was 27% of total federal contracting funds. So that is a historic spend that we're seeing in the federal government. And, you know, at Verizon, we are, you know, super excited to work with our small business partners here, not just from a compliance standpoint, right? Of course, all of our largest contract vehicles mandate a small business spend, but more so than just the compliance and the mandate, you know, we have a proactive small business subcontractor plan for all of our large contracts and all of our agencies here at Verizon. My team is dedicated to recruiting and working with these small businesses because we firmly believe that they bring us expertise that we do not have in-house, great customer relationships, and they're on the forefront of a lot of these emerging technologies. And that's really important when you're looking at an area such as cybersecurity where Arlo specializes. All right, great. And Longmay, if you don't mind, can you walk us through how you might have approached a security engagement with an agency? How would you start and how do you address gaps in their overall security posture? So thanks, Matt. So all engagements are very different. Arlo works from a pretty collaborative stance. We do not go into any agency with a cookie cutter approach. By high level, what I can say that we do, we truly focus on understanding the as. Sometimes the descriptions as written in contract documents, you kind of miss some of that context. So we allot time for an assessment. So if an engagement is about policy, for instance, we'll assess what the agency already has in place, where their policies are housed, when were the last updates. And then we also assess any relevant statutory requirements or higher agency requirements that in alignment. And then we identify the gaps which sounds pretty generic, but our secret sauce is really adding our frameworks in there. So as we are conducting assessments at the same time, we're developing frameworks to guide us through implementing our work. So once we get that approved with the customer, as I said, we're very collaborative, then we initiate a technical kickoff. And from the technical kickoff, we're always put in monthly PMRs so that we always keep in alignment with the customer ask, and we have the ability to be agile. So as we're conducting the assessment, we may also have another team that's simultaneously developing a framework. I mean, this framework is what we use to guide us through implementing the work. So we get that approved through an initial technical kickoff. Again, we continue to collaborate with the client. Once we get that technical kickoff out the way, we continue with monthly program management reviews. And we work with the decision makers along the way just to keep the process collaborative. That's great. Thanks, Lanye. So the Department of Defense recently issued a new memo and policy around continuous authorization to operate around risk management frameworks. So overall, how does this impact the federal government and the small business landscape? And we'll start with Emily on this one. Sure. 
So, of course, anytime you see a mandate from the government, you will notice an immediate reaction for agencies to then ensure that their upcoming procurements and policies adhere to this. And as a result, industry must then ensure that their solutions they are proposing are in alignment with these new mandates. And another reason that we love to utilize our small businesses here is because they typically are able to quickly pivot and incorporate these impacts into their services and their offerings. So it gives us, again, a competitive edge when we're going to market to incorporate their small businesses. Great. Thanks, Emily. Lanye, anything to add to that one? The NIST risk management framework establishes continuous monitoring. But with the DOD implementation of it, it really drove some unintended, very compliance-based behavior. So once systems were authorized, we would set it and forget it pretty much until it was time to authorize again. And sometimes that's, it, that may be up to three years. So the CATO memo helped shift that stale passive method for authorization and focus on more active practices. It forces tools and automation to really take the driver's seat. So the CATO memo really enforces the need for active cyber defense and requires the ability to respond to to real-time cyber threats, integrates operational security into the authorization and risk-based decision. And that's great because that had not happened before. It's going to affect the landscape in many ways, not only from a cultural shift and the technology perspective, but also from the workforce. Our cyber workforce, you know, there's going to be a need to understand some basic concepts that weren't required in the past. You know, some coding methodologies, containerization, software factories, you know, development pipelines. So there's going to be a push for that continuous education, not only on the cyber team, but also on a development team to understand cyber requirements. And so for us, Arlo, we're currently supporting an Air Force authorizing official for cloud and DevSecOps across multiple programs in the Air Force to go after the first CATO through DOD. So maybe I'll be giving you an update on our success in a couple of months. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thanks, Lanya. Appreciate that. And actually appreciate both of you taking the time to do this podcast with us today. We're up on our last question, which is about use cases. And if possible, can you share any use cases on how small businesses can support security implementations within a federal agency? And actually, Lanya, we'll start with you on this one. Sure. Thanks, Matt. Um, and before we finish this, I want to thank you all for having us and having Arlo. We really appreciate this. And I think that small business can assist in a variety of ways. I mean, really, small business can assist just as the large businesses can assist. But I think one of the beauties of small business is many of them have very specific niche areas. And then we can bring a very innovative outlook to a problem set. But I do feel like the combination of a small business with the backing and expertise and reach back of our typical defense industrial base sector is very useful to the federal government, just as, you know, team and partners as Verizon and Arlo. I think that is a very useful collaboration for the government because they get the best of both worlds, right? You get that experience from this DIB sector, but you also get the innovation from small business. So again, I want to thank Verizon for its work with small business and a collaboration with small business and not just talking about it, but being about it. We really appreciate it. And then I also want to, again, thank you all for having us on this podcast. That's great. Thanks, Lanya. Appreciate that. And Emily, any thoughts there in terms of use cases and parting shots? Sure. Yeah. Just to echo what Lanya said, you know, at Verizon, we really rely on our small businesses to help address those niche areas that she 
mentioned that the government needs. And that is very pertinent, especially when it comes to cyber, right? So we know our government customers aren't looking for partners who can do what I would call generic offerings around cyber. They want to see very relevant and exact past performance experience in deploying the newest technologies and frameworks because they have a lot of risk here. And it's going to be exposed more and more as we you know, just go further into the year. And this is where our small business partners can really perform. And so we really rely on companies like Arla who have all that experience within, you know, these agencies to bring that power to Verizon. That's great. Well, this concludes this episode of the Indispensable Small Business Partners of Federal Podcast Series. And this episode was titled Security with Arlo Solutions with Emily Bean, who's the managing partner for small and diverse partner team at Verizon, and Lanye Ford, the CEO of Arlo Solutions. And as you heard, both of these executives discussed how small businesses like Arlo Solutions are really helping to tackle today's landscape of compliance and security in government. And Emily and Lanye, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Matt.